to yet another uh, Jeff Walker Books discussion. Uh, today we're going to be talking about science fiction, uh, the writing, and um, just some general thoughts on um, <clears throat> the medium itself. Okay, first off, uh, science fiction writing is not easy. If you're thinking about becoming a science fiction writer, um, love it. Okay, um, don't just start thinking, well, today I'm going to write a science fiction book. No, 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 no. You, you have to read enough of science fiction, of uh, science fiction movies, science fiction, uh, just general science fiction, everything, you know, to understand what the things are. And you'll have to excuse the sound of my neighbor mowing. Uh, seems to be cutting into my sound here. <clears throat> Hard to find a quiet place in this town. Anyway, uh, yeah, science fiction um, generally is um, a hard a hard genre to get into because there's so many aspects to it. So you can either write hard science fiction, sci-fi science fiction, science fiction fantasy, there's science fiction romance, there's science fiction military, just a slew of science fiction titles. Um, what you want to do is either focus on one or have general dips in many of them. Uh, I know that's, um, for me, it, it's hard to describe my science fiction writing because sometimes even I don't know how, how to term it, really. Um, there's been times I'd put it on and somebody said, well, that's a science fiction romance. And you're like but there's only, like, one real romantic scene in there. But they said, no, nope, that's a science fiction romance. And it's like, okay. Um, I never started out, like, The Long Lost War. I never started it out to be anything but science fiction. Uh, I thought it was a science fiction drama, but people were saying, no, that's that's a, technically that's a romance. And then somebody pointed out it's a military uh, romance. And then I'm like going, okay, so that's an intermixing of <laughs> of genres. So I was like, okay. Um, but I generally termed it as a science fiction romance. Um, mainly, th I think that happens because if you have a lot of female science fiction readers, many of them gravitate towards the sci-fi romance. Um, which doesn't, you know, I, I'm all for that. Like, uh, the more science fiction uh fans that are female the better um you know like i'm sure many of them don't just want science fiction romance they want other books um so uh i don't discriminate against that <clears throat> but when it comes to terming what your science fiction is i think it's more of a um trying to find your right niche to get into um Right now, I'm writing science fiction and paranormal, um, mainly science fiction, fantasy, um, and I haven't really delved back into the paranormal for a bit, but I'm going to get into that um, uh, soon again. I, I, that's why I wrote the Professor Dark and Miss Shadow series, you know, and it's for a while, my brain was focused only on that. 
And now it seems that my brain is focused on the science fiction aspect once again. And it, my brain tends to do that. It tends to shift from one thing to another sometimes, depending on what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Half the time I'm in my own skull sometimes. Um, but I think um, for the most part, um, you should try to um, um, make science fiction uh, your kind of thing you want to do and read. Uh, those for you that read science fiction, you know where and what um, sparks your interest. Um, and again, I, I, I never thought of like the, the science fiction romance, uh, you know, I just figured all science fiction had that, but apparently it doesn't. Hard science fiction does not. It, it is more of these people want to figure out every minute detail of how this, sh this ship works, how um, the science works behind it. That's how they want to hear the, um, the intricate de details of um, when you're folding space. They want to know how they went about folding space and the uh, mechanics of it all. And then they, you know, that's that's hard science fiction. Hard science fiction is um, the detailing into every little nuance of the science aspect, which can be tedious at times and um, boring. But uh, those are the people that like that kind of thing. You know, um, nothing against the hard science fiction, but if you don't do it right, you will be criticized by them about it. Because a lot of them are scientists or, or just general people that enjoy the, the science behind everything and seem to know everything about uh, every aspect of science behind it. So if you try to do a hard science fiction book and you, you do not do your research, they will come after you. Um, I try not to write hard science fiction because uh, even I don't understand some aspects of it. But um, for the most part, I am interested in that, um, you know, figuring things out and uh, doing some research on certain um, possible technical um, stuff. I mean, like in hard science fiction, they do tend to uh, go into the science that is actually possible or is is happening to this day, and which is fine, you know, and... Um, and I, I do try to um, learn more about that. And um, but some days you just want to come up with your own crap. You know, it's just like uh, when you see these futurists when they were writing or drawing these um, these artworks back in the '60s when the moon was the big push. You saw all these futurists come up with these grandiose ideas, and um, and that's the subject I want to talk about too because. Um, it seems like there's this um, general consensus that when we get into space or when we become this, you know, uh, spacefaring uh, planet, we're going to be like one giant happy planet. And I just sat there and shook my head and I said, that will never be. Humans are never happy. Um, as much as we want to become like Kumbaya, one big earth and all is well with everybody, it just doesn't happen that way. They tried to do it in the 50s with the UN, and um, it didn't play out the way they thought it would. The UN has become like this facade now for nations to um, uh, 
curl behind and, and you know, snicker behind their backs. Uh, I find the UN to be an, an idolization of what it could be, of nations together under, you know, the planet Earth, um, just, you know, um, living in, like, under that one umbrella, but separate kind of thing. It just, the, the nuance of it hasn't worked out because I don't think anybody's truly described how that could function. And now that you see how it, the world is, the UN is just this wimpy, um, like I said, a facade of what it, what humanity should be gearing towards. But as a one world government or nation or whatever the heck anybody wants to call it, it just won't happen. I can tell you right now, humans are never happy and everybody has their own ideas of how to rule the world. And one person's view is not that other person's view. And it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's kind of sad in a way. Um, just because nations are greedy. And that's what's ruling the world right now is greed. Greed is the one thing that has kept humanity in the dark for so long. Uh, And it's the rich and powerful that try to maintain that because they don't want to lose their power. They don't want to lose their grip. They want to make more money. They want to make, like, live off your suffering. And um, I'm not saying that all rich people are like that, but the underlying problem with uh, humanity is money. Money is what's killing us. Money is what's making everybody go insane. And it's it's strange to me that in science fiction, it's been said time and time again that uh, corporation greed is what's going to destroy us all. And it, and it's it's underlying. You see it in a lot of sci-fi. Um, and there are ones some science fiction where it's a utopian. And people are, you know, um, all living together. And that's a wonderful idealism. Um, Star Trek kind of goes into that foray sometimes. And God bless Gene Roddenberry for having that, um, that, that thought, you know, that, um, you know, that humanity had to struggle to get to that point. And really, if I think that's probably how it would go. But in the real world, um, I'm going to say that it's, it's not foreseeable. I, I don't see a unified planetary flag, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> even in my books, I've, I've created the um, Earth Core United um, theme. Um, and even that, I've plagued it with problems in my stories. Um, from Long Lost War and um, The Massive Planet, The Adventures of Deep Contact, to um, a lot of places in my, in my books that, uh, that are coming for that. I just wanted to say that it's just, Earth is trying, but there will always be someone who wants more, or wants that humans just don't agree. And it seems true, no matter what century we live in we'll always have a disagreement we'll always try to like have conflict at some point or the other and i see it a lot in science fiction now now that star trek has been put into the hands of somebody that doesn't understand what star trek is uh, they've tried to you know um bastardized it 
by trying to show um, discontent or uh, snarky comebacks to the uh, the management or the um, uh, commanders. And it just seems to me like they don't understand Star Trek at all. Star Trek was originally to be a utopian society of where we've learned to you know cancel all those negative thoughts out and just work as you know as a team. But for some reason, they feel like they have to destroy that. Um, I like that ideology. I think that's something that actually a lot of science fiction doesn't have anymore is the hope aspect and i know i just said that it'll never happen but it's something to like strive before for in in science fiction to bring back that message of like we can one day we will do it and maybe we will maybe we will get past all this and rise above it'll take something to get us all to agree but um yeah i mean the star trek now i don't even recognize it uh it's it's terrible what they're doing actually they're they're destroying characters they're trying to um create this hate and i hate the hate <laughs> i i just don't understand even in picard the new series picard they they put in all the swearing um now uh, you know they're trying to like trope peep like characters and and trying to shove the, uh, their own ideology into it. And I'm like going, well, the ideology actually came from Gene Roddenberry, and it was his vision. And if it's his vision, then he should stick to his vision. If they want to create a series that's about their vision, they should create something else other than Star Trek that is about their vision. Don't try to take somebody's work and then turn it around for your own. Um, I don't enjoy that. A discovery kind of ruined that for me. Uh, the minute they started like changing out what the Klingon should be, or um, they gave um, this character, female character, all the power of ultimate knowledge, and I'm just like, oh, come on. You know, even Kirk was fallible at some point, and then they hear they're their character is not fallible at all. And it's like, oh, please, come on. I can't stand that kind of science fiction writing. Um, like, my character is the bestest ever kind of thing, you know? Um, I don't try to write that in there. I don't try to write that my characters are nigh invulnerable or, you know, um, you know, if you shoot them, the bullets, like, just kind of bounce off of them. Um, I mean, that's Superman. And Superman is Superman for a reason. But that's a whole nother uh, genre. Uh, but if you try to do that in science fiction, well, man, I'm going to call you out on that. Because that, that is just horrible. And it, it's like that for the, the new Star Wars books, too. The Star Wars books are, are just full of this awful, awful trope and and just wokeness. I mean, I don't have a problem with the woke, the culture, and the, and the uh, uh, whatever you want to call it now. I, I don't know. Um, it's just, um, I think... When somebody starts a movement, somebody carries that movement a tad too far. And I think that's what's happening now. There's like this movement of feminists that is going in the wrong direction. To be honest with you, I think the feminists have kind of lost their way. Or the ones that are that, that are trying to carry on the torch of feminists. Um, there are some feminists themselves who think that this is not what they wanted. Like, this is not 
truly what feminism is all about. It was meant to be, we want to be heard, we want to be e- treated as equals, but they, would, they didn't want to rub it in your face. And now it's more like they want to go out and rub it in your face of all men, you men are scum, you know, get out of our way and, you know, we'll, you know, put you under our heel kind of like thing. And that's what it feels like. Um, and I sat there and it was like, you know, men tried to understand in science fiction. And I understand that there are some cliche stuff going on in science fiction. I try my best not to go that way. I mean, I'm a man, I'm not a woman. And, uh, I try my best to, um, get in the mindset sometimes, but you just, in some days you just have to feel for, um, how the character should be. And it is all about observation. And if you're a good writer, you will note the traits and the, um, you will study people like women, men, you know, everybody, um, and, and try to get into their mindset. I try to do that with a lot of characters, white and non-white, um, because I'm more interested in the aspect of people. I don't care what you're, um, you know, uh, I'm here for humanity, to be honest with you. And we're all human. And I, I don't see this colorness, skin, you know, it, it to me, that's, that's secondary. I'm more interested into the person, the individual that's, you know, um, their lives, their, their point of view. Um, and I think that's important for humans to study each other, uh, you know, other than, uh, the future, the real study should be within. Um, we're also worried about going out to the stars, but we've never considered, or we have, when we just ignore it, but to consider what's happening here on earth today. The reason why we want escapism is because we can't stand what's going on today. We're hoping that the future will be better. Well, I'm sure people back in the 60s thought that too, that by the time we get to 2001, our world will be much better. Like the film, 2001, we'll be in space, we'll be on the moon, we'll be living there. And it's like, yeah, no, it didn't happen. Um, The bleak future came out of Blade Runner. Um, you see a lot of it in cyberpunk nowadays and, um, the Gibson, um, sort of effect too. Well, Gibson's cyberpunk genre. Um, and it is a bleakness and it's, it's, that's a few, that's a science fiction, um, sort of, uh, like I said, cyberpunk term, um, where it's like bleak and everybody's a robot or have robot parts or, you know, um, this total um, dystopian kind of thing going on. And uh, I, I think that's um, another aspect that you, that human, 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 sound like a <laughs> alien, human, no, uh, that humans tend to um, gravitate to the negative sometimes. And most times I think we are pessimistic. Um, so maybe, you know, uh, I think it's leaned more to that side of this century, 
uh, than the last century. The 20th century, we were trying to head for some positives, but when we started slowing right into like the negative, because the world has become corrupt, and it's just you just see it every day. And uh, you wonder how things can get any better. Well, it takes us to make it better, right? I mean, it's it's not about um, worrying about who's going to change it. It's 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 more about how do we change it as we go. Science fiction's been touting this for years, years upon years. Every science fiction novel's had like a poignant uh, moment where they tell you what what we should be doing. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me that, that some things have gotten through and some things haven't. Not a lot of people read science fiction anymore. Um, now they're into this fantasy, YA, YA fantasy, and um, even that's becoming oversaturated now. I mean, uh, I've tried to delve into it with some science fiction, with some YA science fiction and I, you know, it was great for uh, when I first started. It was the Outer Red series, and uh, when it first came out, I did great. And now I just see that how it's oversaturated, how it's becoming too much, and now it's going into areas I don't even want to go into. It's it's a rather mind-boggling, and how um, disgusting humanity has become. I mean, I see these over-sexualized books, and two friends can't be friends anymore. Now they have to have something going on. Like, two men can't just have a moment, you know, like, of friendship. It's like, it has to be sexualized for some reason. And I don't know where this is coming from. I think, um, I don't want to say anime, but, I mean, I've seen anime, and I know that the Japanese get a little weird sometimes in their storytelling, um, I think a lot of it's just repressed sexuality. Um, and I don't blame anime. You can't blame anime for that. It's the people that, that make the anime towards a certain, um, like where it's, it's like the sex is selling. So obviously they're going to push the sex to the, to the limit. And of course you got people that are buying it up. And I'm surprised to see how uh, some of their cartoons are sexualized. Uh, and then some people sexualize it. Uh, those that, you know, uh, it's aiming towards a younger generation. And you see the hypersexualization, and you just shake your head and go, my God, where are we going with all this? Are we really destroying our civilization for this? You know, like it's kind of bizarre to me. And I'm scared for my own children now. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, you, as a parent, you do have to guide and um, show them the correct future you want them to live in. And I think that's why science fiction is a poignant thing. I mean, there are bad things in everything, uh, leaders and uh, literature. There will always be somebody uh, doing an, uh, something askew or into an area that, sh you know, we shouldn't explore. And uh, science fiction is no different. Um, I would say that uh, if you want this, uh, your science fiction books to do well, just give the characters some meaning. 
give the moral code back. Um, that's what's missing, I feel, from science fiction. There's no moral code anymore. Uh, it's like everybody's gone for themselves, and it's it's really disgusting to see. Um, I see it in so many books. I, I've like seen so many titles that are being flashed on the um, Twitter and Facebook. And um, I think we're done with it. I, I just... I can't deal with the um, the hopelessness because it's making everybody miserable. And I, I'm not saying that's just... You know, science fiction has been pushed aside a little bit for now because um, it just is, I guess, because of the way that the the book trend is going. Book trends are heading towards the, um, the uh, LBGTQ and um, right now the for like more stories about um, women as central roles and, and nothing wrong with that. I don't, you know, but I mean, there's there, it's hard to put my finger on what's causing this um, denigration of, of, of great storytelling. It's these tropes everybody's throwing in. Uh, tropes, cliches, um, just bad characterizations, just unintelligent uh, storytelling. And I miss the days of great storytelling. I really do. Um, I don't know if it's just the video game generation that's like this because it's... Or it's just, um, you know, I'm too old now. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer, so I should be, you know... Um, Gen X was pretty much good for everything back then. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping that we get back into that good sci-fi area. Now, a good sci-fi would be um, The Bobiverse uh, by Dennis E. Taylor. I think his his books are reflective of where good story, storytelling should should be again. Um, I, I thought his books were amazing. Um, uh, good characters. I mean, it was Bob as um, a ship that you know, was human, but now his mind's been transferred to a ship, and he clones other Bobs and uh, and uh, AI Bobs, and they all start having their own. And it's interesting to see it from their point of view and where humans are. And it, it was good storytelling. Um, I hope he keeps it up. Um, obviously, there's going to be a point where he's going to like, I don't want to read this anymore. And uh, you know, um, he got a good three, four book in there. Um, the fourth book was interesting. Maybe not as good as the first set three, you know, first trilogy, but it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a good storyteller. Uh, he's a good, uh, science fiction author. He's obviously more geared towards the engineering aspect because he used to be an engineer, um, himself. So uh, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of interesting ideas out of his mind. Um, and I think that um, anybody that's had like a really uh, imaginative 
kind of universe in their own mind. I try to think of myself as that because, you know, I used to daydream a lot as a kid and I used to have grand ideas of the future and what, you know, that was where mindset, I, my, my mind was out in the stars sometimes or as a superhero. <laughs> I think my, uh, my goal aspect was become Darth Vader when I was a kid because I was so, in, I don't know why I was so impressed with Darth Vader, but I mean, he was obviously a bad guy. I don't know why I was, but I was like, yeah, I want to be him. It's like, uh, but now it's like, yeah, you understand characterization. And that's the thing. I got into the, the books and I got into explanations of their characters. And back then, those books explained a lot more than they do today. Today, it's like they try to de people and try to make a lot of gray areas. And I thought, you know... There's some days you just want the character to be bad, and they want the other character to be good. And you don't need that gray matter in-betweens anymore. I mean, uh, Transformers is a good example. Megatron was evil. He wanted power. That was it. That's all you needed to know. And uh, Optimus Prime was a great leader, and he was, he was just and right, and you wanted to, you know... And then people started to make him fallible, and then you made Megatron more sympathetic... And it just destroyed their characterizations. And you just sat there and you wondered, why would you do this? The, the reason why we got so inspired and so... It was because of this conflictive battle between good and evil. And that will always be uh, an epic battle between good and evil. Now people want you to think, well, what's good and what's bad? Is that bad? Is that good? Is that... And now you're just like overthinking everything. To a point where it's like, you know, if you want to have some escapism, you need to keep everything, the bad or the good. And in-betweens, well, you can shove in there sometimes. But, I mean, at the same time, you want to root for someone. And if you've got no one left to root for, then what's the point? Um, that's the escapism of science fiction. You need to have... Uh, point A and point B. And if you've got all these multiple points in between the, all that, or if you've shattered uh, the science fiction uh, aspect into like, I don't know what you want to call it now, um, but I, I miss the point of science fiction being um, well, more of a I don't know how to describe it. See, I don't even know how to describe it. I, I need science fiction to be science fiction. <clears throat> you want it interesting. You want it um, poignant. And you want characters as they are. You want to keep coming back to those characters as they are. And uh, you want new stories that with those characters and take them into new places and explore and I miss that. And a lot of times the science fiction has just become drab and, I don't know, just kind of not science fiction anymore. Um, and I think that's probably why people have kind of pushed away from it, because a lot of it is um, becoming less science fiction, more uh, fantasy. Um 
And I think people are tired of that. So if you're um, writing science fiction, write good science fiction. Um, get some books that um, are highly recommended. Learn how to identify with characters. Get the characterizations in. Um, will it be hit and miss for some time? Maybe so. I, you know, even as a writer myself, I'll either have a hit or I'll have a miss, and I take that, you know, um, and I try to do what I can with it. Um, nobody's perfect, and that's that's the whole point of this: is that science fiction. There is no um, infallible, godlike figure. It's like everybody's fallible. The universe is fallible. Um, and when you start saying that, you start to question everything. <laughs> so, um, but uh, science fiction should be um, very poignant, very. Um, it should there should be a um i don't know like a a guideline almost but then people don't like guidelines and see there you go again people it's hard to contain a lot of things well this is becoming a rambling point at this point now isn't it um i had some points i made them if I, I don't know if you've probably thought I didn't, but I did. Um, sci- I, to me, I like I love writing science fiction. Uh, it's imaginative. It's it's it can take you places, time travel, uh, other dimensions. Uh, you know um, the possibilities of what's possible, and um, I encourage people to get into that and. Um, read more of science fiction because honestly I think science fiction has been terribly overlooked for like a long time um, a lot of these kids nowadays don't read science fiction they want superhero the superhero genre has exploded uh, I, I used to be a big comic book fan myself so but then I would understand the realisms of it and um, and try not to oversaturate it um, but um, I, I kind of wish there was more more science fiction going on than there is. Um, mainly because science fiction gets a bad rap sometimes. Um, now you're everybody's into fantasy. I don't know wolves and wolves getting it on with other wolves. I don't understand any of that stuff. Um, but like I said, it's. If you're if you're trying to get into science fiction, write good science fiction. Find the find the the classic writers, learn how they did it. Um, sometimes you want to like like their stuff. I don't like a lot of their stuff. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean Asimov, as good as he is, there's some things I just can't get into Asimov. Uh, the Foundation series being one of them. They I know it's one of the most amazing science fiction stories he's ever written. Or not. I think I Robot was probably more. But um, the Foundation series, that's a hard problem to get into because it's just basically um, people are going to war over math. I don't, you know, and that's how I how I pretty much conceptualized it. Um, because you know they're going to end, and the math says so. And 
I don't know how to feel about that one. Um, but I said there's there's others. There's um, um, uh, Arthur C. Clarke. There's uh, um, Kurt. I want to say Kurt Vonnegut. He doesn't do a lot of that. Ray Bradbury did uh, some science fiction, which is some good, some bad. But like I said, you just have to like filter through that. Get some good good pointers. Get some good characterizations, and you're golden. Uh, make sure your story is original. I mean, it's hard to do that these days, especially since pretty much everything's been written. I mean, if I've tried to come up with storylines I thought were great, and then I did some research, and I realized I'm not the only one that did that. And uh, so then you have to like try to retool and reshape and add bits from one and to another, without um, without even you know plagiarizing. I don't, I don't say like. To exactly take out of one and put another you have to think of a way to be creative and try to wrap that into something that's unique and it's hard and i understand and that's why i said science fiction writing is not easy it's not because a lot of it's been done before and um it's like that for any fiction out there um many of it's been done you know, and how do you retool it? Well, that's what you have to do. You have to imagine, you have to um, brainstorm, you have to um, get a feel for what's going on in this generation. So if you're writing science fiction, um, you have to be um, inventive. And most of all, you have to have the characterization because that will sell more than anything else. Characters. Characters are the lifeblood of any fictional story. If you do not have a good character, your book will not do well. Um, and that's pretty much it. And I said, you know, um, make sure your characters are strong. Make sure your plot is strong. Um, will it be hit and miss sometimes? Yes, it will be. Um, but at least it's out there. That's how I view it. A lot of my books out there... Um, I haven't got the advertising to push them out, but, you know, they're there. And um, whether or not they do good, I leave that for the book. Because um, in the end, it's either the books that sells or the character pretty much sold it. Um, so there you go. And that's my rant for the day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's mine's my stance on science fiction. Um, probably not the best, uh, radio, well, not radio, uh, podcast of this, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's my view. And, um, I'll try to come up with another topic for another time and until now. So I'll just say thank you for coming and we'll talk again soon. Bye for now.